ahead. Spoilers ahead. Hello, good evening, and welcome to another episode of I Made from TV Love You. This week, we're looking at a 1997 adaptation of a 1967 cartoon, George of the Jungle. The follow-up creation from the creator of Rocky and Bullwinkle, Jay Ward, which was sadly not as successful as its predecessor. I was going to say predator. (laughs) Despite containing a lot of the talent from the former. More on that in a bit. But in 1997, Disney decided that this not exactly classic cartoon parody of Tarzan needed a live-action movie. This predated the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie, see our review of the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie, by three years and was considerably more of a financial success. But did it capture that Jay Ward-esque nature of the original? Is there anything more to this movie than seeing Brendan Fraser in nothing but a loincloth? Let's find out. I'm your host, the Archduke of the Blackboard Jungle, Max Levine, and over there is the King of the Forest, Mike Luce. I am? <laughs> uh, yep. I live in the suburbs. There's a tree outside. <laughs> I guess that's a There forest. you go. You're a, Survey your domain. Okay. Should I pee on yes. it? Yes. <laughs> yes, you should. Daily. Wow. Possibly hourly if you drink enough water. King of the Forest equals guy who pees on tree in backyard. Got it. <laughs> yep. Well done. Edgar Rice Burroughs would be proud. Sure. Let us start with last week's poll question. Oh, would you tell us what last week's poll question was? I think I won't. Oh. (laughs) It will make it hardest to understand the answers, but whatever. Last week's poll question, what movie do you just love, or at least really enjoy, but everyone else seems to, well, not? (laughs) And we got, wow, did we get a bunch of answers on this. Well done, all of you. Aaron Perez, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. No doubt for Donald Trump's great performance. It's the last great performance he had. Oops, did I say something political? I'm sorry. No. Oh. Oh. We just You're going to get us no, censored. We <laughs> We've been canceled and stuff. Uh, Regan McStravick said, Toys. Wow, that's actually pretty obscure. Aside from being one of the greatest films ever, wow, in terms of production design, oh, all right, in terms of production design, this film, if recognized for its allegorical content, which apparently went over most people's heads, I think I must have been one of them, I don't know what the allegorical content was, was tremendously powerful. Robin Williams was fine, but his presence was a distraction from what might have been a better understood film with different casting. That is a really bold choice, considering not only is this a movie most people don't see, but he's actually saying that Robin Williams was a problem with it when he was the big name. Yeah, I mean, I I will agree wow. with him. I often found Robin Williams to be a problem for that reason. Uh, yeah. And in no way is Regan actually my cousin. Oops! No, indeed. Yeah, not at all. And uh, speaking of people who share Mike's gene pool, Here we go. Val... Uh, This was a tough one for me because for every one of my favorite movies, I can think of at least one person who likes it. A movie I adore and have seen no less than 30 times that other people are meh on is Twister. Oh, okay. A movie I have a a soft spot for, but not on the top 20. And I actually watched recently that no one I know likes is Thank God It's Friday. (laughs) I don't think I even know that movie. It was a disco film. Oh, oh Lord, it just came flooding back. (laughs) 
<laughs> like last oh, night's booyah bays. Mm. Oh god, I'm back in Nam. Oh god. Oh. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's dumb and bad and stuff, but well, there it is. For my assistant Stephen, his instant answer was the Twilight Saga. Val, I say this for your own good. Fire him immediately. <laughs> Don't be mean. But as she says, there is no accounting for taste. Uh, I think there's roller skates in Thank God It's oh, Friday. that one. And I, oh, God. It took place in a roller disco, didn't I it? I think so. And I honestly believe that's where we got the whole TGIF thing from. I could be wrong, but I think it's from that stupid... I mean, that wonderfully underappreciated film. Thank you. All right. Me. Clearly, this movie had a lot more cultural weight than we thought. Uh, <laughs> Angelo Patsalis... Stealing Beauty and Agora. Mm-mm. Stealing Beauty, I've heard of Agora, I don't know. No, but... Uh, he also... Yes. Uh, George Saulnier, Terry Gilliam's Tideland, It's Just Great. I don't know that one at all. Me either. And I honestly enjoy Zardoz. <laughs> it's really interesting to me. Good on you, George. I Yeah, I've seen Zardoz twice on the big screen, and the first time, I was like, huh? And it has a sort of twist that has to do with the title. And like a candy corn lover, the next time I saw it on a big screen, I utterly forgot the twist of the title. And so it came again. I was like, oh, I get it. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, if, if you like the film, more power to you. That's fine. Thanks, George. Sure. Thank you, George. From Dave. Dave. He says, Sanjuro. That's interesting. Every, for some reason, everyone likes Yojimbo, which is the one that came before it. Sanjuro is the sequel, which drags and has less character. Huh. It's funny. I've seen both. I remember Yojimbo much better than I remember Sanjuro, but I've also seen it more recently. Now, to be huh. fair, Dave is fluent in Japanese, so he probably yeah. watches them with the subtitles off, and there's probably stuff he gets we don't. I love Yojimbo. Well, I think Yojimbo is a terrific film. Yeah. But Okay. Uh, maybe I should hey. check out Sinjuro. Uh, Jamie Kleinert says, The Red Violin. Oh, yeah. I think the format puts a lot of people off. I don't mind the subtitles at all, having watched a lot of anime and my college in my college days. And, of course, music as the main subject really resonates with me, pun only somewhat intended. Yeah, she's a music teacher. Oh, uh, Jamie, that's going to cost you three bumpy bucks. Oh, yeah. Yep, it's got sorry. Samuel L. Jackson in it. I remember seeing it in the theater when it came out. It was back like the late 90s, early 2000s, when even in the multiplexes, you would occasionally get something interesting like Run, Lola, Run or Red Violin or something. Huh. So, yeah. Never saw it. Huh. Uh, Nick Gasparoni says, Galaxy Quest. I don't think the movie got much attention when it came out, but it's a wonderful parody an homage to Star Trek and similar sci-fi films. I think most people who've seen it really like it. I, I think he might be right, though. I don't think it did particularly well. It was one of those films No, when that... it first came out, it, it was a much more of a hit on, vi- on home video. Yeah. Uh, I also like the 2005 Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie, though that seems to have rather meh reviews from a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, I, I gotta go with meh. It, despite an, a, a really good cast... Uh, and a and great source material. I, I, uh, I have to wonder. Yeah, it kind of was meh. I have to wonder if uh, his uh, reaction to the film comes from the fact that that's the first version he's seen of Hitchhiker's Guide. 
Oh, because like never s- you and I heard the radio show when it came out in 82 or, or 81. I can't remember which. Saw the TV show, too. Uh, yeah, the TV show, which had a lot of the v- actors from the radio yeah. show, was okay. Um, but it yeah. suffered from the 80s BBC. The- we only have $10. Maybe we can put yeah. on a show who has a farm. It all looked like a Doctor Who's, Who said, yeah. yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Zielinski, Legally Blonde. Oh, I watch it before every semester of school, and there's a Netflix movie called Leap. Hmm. Leap. So corny, but I love the story so much. Okay, I thought Legally Blonde was pretty popular, but hell, they made a Broadway musical out of it. Did they? They did. I think it's still running. Well, yeah, it seems they'll make a Broadway musical out of anything. See last week's show. Kelly Cooper says, a lot of people like to bash it, but I unironically love Hudson Hawk. Yes! Now, what kind of fool... <laughs> Would say something would like that ridiculous movie. I cannot imagine what kind of complete clod living somewhere in the Midwest would enjoy that movie. And I didn't even every, slip her ten bumpy bucks to say that. Uh, every time I hear a version of Swinging on a Star, I smile and think about that movie. Except where Andy McDowell chirps like a dolphin. I can skip that part. That, that part actually kind of cracks me up when I see me it. Me too. I like that part. I Yeah, we'll get to this. This is, yeah. Matt Reisman, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Mm. Okay, Richard Tatum agrees. Also says The Adventures of Baron Munchausen and Dune. Uh, I assume he means the Dino D. Horrendous version one. Yeah. Not the one with, uh, what was it, William Hurt. No. Um, so Munchausen, did you see Munchausen when it came out? I did. I thought it was really and interesting. Like, I had never it seen was, yeah. a, a fairy tale film quite like that. Apparently, one of the problems was that he literally spent way too much money, and there was a bunch of stuff that had to be toned down or something. Not that I could notice, because it was very lavish. Yeah. No, it looked wonderful, and the characterizations were really cool, the performances. I just didn't feel it hung together. Mm. I don't remember it that well, because I literally saw it when it came out, and I think that's the last time I saw it, but I remember liking it. Uh, Charles Forsyth says, Gummo, and no, not that is not the Fifth Marks Brothers movie, as Mike asked. <laughs> uh, apparently it's one of Harmony Corrine, Corinne's Mm-mm. difficult to watch movies. I, I don't know who that is. Me neither. Now I'm kind of intrigued. Yeah. Chuck Mock points out, I have a fondness for Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins based on the Destroyer series of books that neither Max Levine nor I have ever heard of, let alone read or owned. (laughs) And he's right. I have never read or owned any of the Destroyer books. I don't know who Remo Williams or Chun are. (laughs) Nope, no idea. And you lie! I'm taking back my bumpy bucks. Uh, Is that one of those things like the Destroyer? I mean, like the Matt Helm series where there's like 400,000 of them? At least. (laughs) Yes, only... the Destroyer is almost like a comic book, except in novel form. It's you know martial arts raised to the point of magic, and it's also really problematic if you read it now. It's very dated, and some of it is unbelievably racist. That's a series uh, that used to be in a subgenre that has long since disappeared from the bookstores. It was literally a section called Men's huh? Adventure, and you would have oh. Matt Helm, and you would have the Destroyer. Oh, and then, oh yeah, the... the there were all those guys like what was it the 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 regulator the, the executioner <laughs> the regulator yeah I don't remember <laughs> these the tabulator that's what we're looking for they started making up names yeah but it was all these series and the funny thing is, is of course when I was a kid I didn't think about this because I you know what did I know about men's adventure basically it was uh, these are um, romances for guys. <laughs> 
because yeah. it's like they yeah. there were hundreds of them like literally it's kind of guy porn yeah well, i shouldn't say that most porn is guy porn but this is kind of guy literary porn yeah and that that section has long since dis- i think the last time i saw it was in the 70s yeah. but yes men's adventure yeah. it's like it's okay guys you can read <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not manly <laughs> Why should we read when we can be out uprooting trees? What ba- best way to eat this, raw or on fire? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and finally, Haley Paulson writes, I know I'm not entirely alone in this one, but I unironically enjoy Van Helsing. Is it good? Meh. Is it something I'll stop and watch anytime I see it on? Absolutely. And I know Mike's right there with you. Hmm. I, You know... I really do enjoy Van Helsing. Um, I don't know why it is. There is so many things in that film that I complain about in other films and point my finger and go wrong, bad, no. And some reason for Van Helsing, I don't know why, but I give it a pass. It's like Hudson Hawk. It's like I, the writing on Hudson Hawk is not good. It is not a well-told, badly done story. Um, it has some very questionable performances in it. I don't think it's anybody except mine favorite Bruce Willis film. Um, <laughs> and yet we actually do have one more answer. I think it came in this morning. Ah. It's on the website. Oh, okay. I don't know if you caught it. It's from Vince, our frozen footed Canadian friend. Yep. Missed it. Sorry, Vince. That's okay. He said a recent film I love and think is just super fun and well done is John Carter. The effects are great. I oh. thought the story moved along its tropes in, in any way. Uh, seemed fresh enough, but so many people just think they're supposed to hate it because it bombed at the box office when I found it quite charming, end quote. Um, I uh, only had one word for, for John Carter, really. Just one thing to say. Dull. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in the theater. I remember nothing except I think Willem Dafoe is the voice of Tars Tarkas. Okay. Yeah. I, and once again, a character less disturbing to look at than Willem Dafoe actually is. I think it was fairly, um, what's the word? I think it was very generic. I'm sorry. Generic. No, well, I think it was fairly faithful to the original series. There's another Uh. series. that probably could go into men's adventure. Um, cause there was a bunch of John Carter books, you know, John Carter, steam cleaner of Mars, John Carter, uh, taxi driver of Mars. And, um, uh, I just found it really uninteresting. Um, but hey, Vince, if you found something cool with it, good for you. We are not about dissing people for liking movies nope. that we don't care for, so awesome. Except each other. Yeah, well, that's fine. So, that's- Mike, so Mike, what's your uh, movie that uh, you love and well, everyone else is meh? I just told you two of them, Van Helsing and, and <laughs> Hudson Hawk. I adore Hudson okay. Hawk, and I am, I, as Haley said, I am unironically in love with that film. I don't know why. I don't like Bruce Willis. I like him in two films, this and Fifth Element, and that's it. Otherwise, I can't yeah. stand him. Um, Richard E. Grant, I think, would really prefer that this performance was never remembered by anybody. <laughs> uh, I don't think, uh, um, what's her name? Um, well, Andy McDowell, Andrew I think, Bernhardt? has as good a time as she can with it. Um, I just, I don't know. <laughs> it makes me laugh. It's goofy and <laughs> stupid. And Van Helsing, it's literally Stephen Summer, whatever. Stephen Summers, I guess his name is. The guy who did yeah, The Mummy. Like uh, he basically is like, oh, oh. You want me to turn this up? I can turn this up. And he turns <laughs> everything up in that film. It's got Hugh Jackman, who quite honestly, if I don't think if you had the uh, enthusiasm that he had in that film that it would have worked. Um, 
but he's the guy who plays Dracula is over the top. Uh, we've got Benny back from the money who's doing a fun job. It's just dumb, <laughs> but it is fun. How about you? Um, I'd have to go with uh, Strange Brew, the Bob and Doug McKenzie movie. <laughs> okay. I know it's not a great movie. I know most people don't even watch it anymore. Uh, most people don't even know the characters from Second City TV anymore, but uh, I will always have a soft spot for that movie, and I, I just really enjoy it. Cool. Well, uh, how can people tell us about no. their... Oh, oh. oh. we're going to keep that to the no, end no. of the show, we, aren't we? That's a big secret. Only those with the stamina and endurance to listen to the entire episode or, you know, move the slider all the way to the end. We'll find <laughs> don't, out. Don't tell them that! <laughs> but they must have a question but to answer. Yeah. What might that question be? Well, they must answer me these questions three. Uh, one. Yeah, the other side they see. One. Um, now, for next, next week, what fictional cinematic character would you most like to have a conversation with, say, over lunch or over drinks? And I mean fictional. No, like, cheating and going for somebody from a biopic. Okay. Cool. Yeah, let us know, yeah. and you'll hear yourself yep. on the show and get bumpy bucks galore, the cryptocurrency Penny. that's good for... So what about the trivia in this film, yeah. Max? <laughs> there's, there's some. Oh. Not a ton, but ah. there's some. The show. The budget for this was $55 million. The worldwide gross, $175 million. Really? Really. Ah. This was a big success. Really? Uh, yeah, uh, and of course we all remember the sequel, uh, George of the Jungle Two. Yeah, um, there was one. There was no Brendan. Six Fraser, years. Though, there was no. Yep. Six years later, no Brendan Fraser, no Leslie Mann. Six years. No money. <laughs> yep. But until two thousand three. Uh, that's a vote of confidence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ain't it though? Uh, this based on the J. Ward Bill Scott cartoon that ran from nineteen sixty seven through. 1967. Yeah, there were only 17 episodes made for this show. Oops. Despite this great team and the presence of a lot of J. Ward voice actor favorites like June Foray, Paul Fries, and Dawes Butler. Uh, George is based, you know, duh, on a parody of Tarzan, <gasps> but, but also on a cartoon characterization of a guy named George Eiferman, who was Mr. America, Mr. Universe, and in the IFBB Hall of Fame. He was, this cartoon, by the way, was drawn by some unknown cook on a minesweeper in the Navy during World War II. Oh. Yeah, Jay liked the picture, and he uh, used it as the basis for George of the Jungle. Hmm. Uh, George was also joined by two other characters. It was you know, George of the Jungle and Friends or some such. Uh, in their own cartoons, Tom Slick and Super Chicken, who I'm sure you all remember. Um, yeah. No. Yeah, I, I, I remember these cartoons vaguely. I saw them at the time. Let's face it, the, mo the thing most people remember about George of the Jungle is the theme song. Hmm. And the intro is apparently every timpani player in every school band's favorite. You know, that boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I get a solo! Yep, yep. By the way, there is a bit of something about the theme song I would like to clear up. Mike pointed this out to me. I did not know this, but I've confirmed it. Many of us baby boomers were confused by the lyric, Away he'll schlep on his elephant shep. Well, first of all, why is a jungle man using Yiddish? But, uh, well, something and Ursula stay in step. In the cartoon, you see 
An animated version of George's mate Ursula split into two people. They're the same person moving in sync. And the line sounds like, well, Bella and Ursula stay in step. That is what I always thought it was. It is not. The line is, and it never makes sense because there's no character in there named Bella. In the pilot, by the way, Ursula is called Jane. I guess that was too obvious. Uh, no, the line is fella with an F, while fella and Ursula stay in step, and it's because George keeps calling uh, Ursula fella, because George, throughout the cartoon, does not really seem to get that Ursula is a woman. I think the one he refers to her as that guy who never shaves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They make, they make a little of that in the movie, but uh, he catches on a lot quicker than the cartoon does. Yeah. Uh, now, one of the most impressive things about this movie is Brendan Fraser's abs, mm -hmm. and uh, Brendan Fraser's personal trainer for the film actually sued Fraser for not mentioning him in the credits of the movie. The trainer did not win. Um, because Brendan Fraser has literally no say in that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, almost every element from George of the Jungle cartoon series shows up in this movie, including the never argue with the narrator line that shows up all over Jay Ward's cartoons. Mm. This movie, by the way, seeing this movie is what made Stephen Summers decide on Brendan Fraser for the role of Rick O'Connell in The Mummy. Oh. <laughs> it was two years later. Uh, the ground in the jungle was made of mashed potatoes. Ah. Yep. And they were in focus. <laughs> they were. Dana Olson, who wrote the screenplay, uh, it started out with a spec script called Gorilla Boy, which was, by the way, Olson's nickname for his son. Ah. <laughs> uh, while shopping the screenplay to the studios, he intentionally avoided Disney because he knew they owned the film rights to George of the Jungle, and he figured they wouldn't be interested in another Tarzan-type spoof. It turned out Disney didn't have a script for the movie and were happy to look at and buy Olsen's story and adapt it for George. I see. Now, a couple of people, other people did uh, a pass on the script early. I don't, you will never guess who. Joel Hodgson <laughs> and his writing partner, Nell Scoville. Joel, of, of course, of Mystery Science Theater. He did an early script. He added the opening cartoon sequence, and they were the first ones to make Ape Talk. Now, as typical with a lot of credit arbitration, only the first writer and the last writer get on-screen credit, so we don't see Joel's name. Ah. Uh. Leslie Mann, who plays Ursula, wouldn't work on another J. Ward movie until 2014, when she's a voice on Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Ooh. The animated movie. Mm. Uh, the lion that George fights <laughs> with in the movie... Which one? ...were played... Yeah, were played by the same lions that started the Ghost of the Darkness. Oh. Their names were Bongo and Caesar, although, you know, he's fighting with a large stuffed animal. <laughs> uh, the theme song, I was mistaken. I thought Weird Al Yankovic did this so did in I. the movie. He did, not, he did not. The song is performed by the band The Presidents of the United States. See, I figure he did a version on his album because he's like, uh, you guys rewrote it. I'm going to do the original. Yeah, pretty much. The President of the United States, the only song of theirs I really know is Lump, yep. and I only know that because of Weird Al Yankovic's parody, Gump. Uh, there, was a, there was a sequel, like I say, without Frazier. Man, uh, Frazier did go on in 99 to play another J. Ward live-action character, Dudley Do-Right. Oh, yeah. Which, like this movie, also had a, had a Monty Python alum in it, Eric Idle. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm. And no one remembers that movie, and there's a reason. See our future episode? No. No, we won't. <laughs> no, no. Uh, the movie was shockingly... Well, it was filmed in, partly in San Francisco. It was not filmed in Africa. It was filmed in Hawaii. Ah. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty much it. There isn't a whole lot of trivia about this movie. There's more stuff about the cartoon itself, but mm. we don't need to go into that. Nah. Well, how so about now, telling us the plot? I think I will. George. George. George of the Jungle. Very strong fellow. George, George, George of the Jungle. I suggest you alter your trajectory lest you impact strongly on that vegetation. Oh, dear. <laughs> Lovable, incredibly ripped George, Brendan Fraser, is your basic Tarzan knockoff, raised in the jungle by apes, well, by one ape, where he becomes king of the jungle, despite being in the parlance of Jay Ward's native Minneapolis, dumb as a bag of hammers. For example, George is mortally certain that his pet Shep is a dog, despite the fact that Shep shows clear signs of being a friggin' elephant. And George does not have any trouble identifying other wildlife, but he cannot get it through his head that Shep is an elephant. That just bugs me. Despite his utter inability to swing through the jungle without smashing headlong into every tree in the way, George has life figured out pretty well, until the appearance of Ursula, played by Leslie Mann, a rich white lady from America who is on safari with her jerk of a fiancé, Thomas Hayden Church, neither of whom have any business being in the jungle. Ursula ends up in danger, and George saves her. Some awkwardness occurs, as George has never seen a woman before, but the movie won't let you ignore their growing attraction. Ursula brings George back to San Francisco with her. Hijinks ensue, parents disapprove, an ape speaks with the voice of John Cleese, cakes get smashed, shenanigans shenanigate, all leading on a rocky road or swing for George and Ursula towards romance and a truckload of lowbrow physical humor. Oh, and poop jokes. Mm. Lots of poop jokes. Mm. That's George of the Jungle, in a nutshell. The lowdown. You make it sound so enticing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I know you said earlier that you have a vague memory of, if not George himself, one of the other characters like Super Chicken or something. Oh no, I remember George. Yeah. Did you um, did you watch any of the cartoons? In I preparation? did. I watched. Yeah, watched uh, three or four of them. And uh, what did you think? I kind of get why they weren't a big success. Uh, Which is really some of surprising. Yeah. Because you can see Jay Ward is still trying to do the same clever little formulas and the weird parodies and the little in-jokes, and they just don't work. Yeah. Partly because there's no variation in any of it. It's all the same. George is stupid. George has to rescue something or someone. George wins through dumb luck. That's it. Yeah. There's none of the wit or the or the little twists or the cleverness of Rocky and Bullwinkle. It just seems lazy. And it's funny because I watched, like you, I watched I think four of them because um, I don't I'd never heard of George of the Jungle until Weird Al did his version of it, and I was like, "What's that?" And you know, okay, it was a cartoon. Of course, there was no way to look them up back then. But uh, 
I was just I was just like this what Rocky and Bullwinkle, you that was brilliant. What and I actually after like three or four, I went and back and watched some Rocky and Bullwinkle to make sure you're like maybe I was wrong and maybe I didn't think what no Rocky and Bullwinkle's hilarious. It's still funny. Um, yeah, it I don't holds up. Understand why more of the same in this case would be so terrible, but it's they're terrible. Um, I don't. I mean, I've seen worse. Yeah, but it it's like when you see a bad Mel Brooks movie, it's like. Anyone else did this? I think it was kind of funny. But you expect more from Jay Ward. Yeah. I mean, so one of the things that's probably, besides Rocky and Bullwinkle, the most famous thing Jay Ward ever did were serial commercials. He did them for Captain Crunch for a long time and for Quisping Quake. Watching George of the Jungle is like watching a half an hour of Captain Crunch commercials. Oh, I, I gotta, Although, I gotta disagree. Some of the, you know, some of those Jay Ward <laughs> Captain Crunch commercials were really funny. I actually, I agree too. Clever. Now I think about them. <laughs> Um, I, I can't. I can't figure it out. It just. Wasn't I think he funny. did the King Vitaman ones too, didn't he? I, he might have. Yeah, but yeah, the, the original cartoons just were just not funny. So yeah, of course, it's really unfortunate. So this is dealing with some very weak source material. <laughs> yeah, great choice. And uh, you can already tell because they take the uh, the theme song. Let's face it, is the most memorable part of the cartoon. Yeah, it's the thing that hung on. Yeah. People who've never seen the cartoon know that song. Except they rewrote it. They rewrote it, and they stretch it out, yeah. and they add verses, yeah. and they take away the sort of gleefulness of it. Yeah. I thought, although, the and, opening cartoon credit, I was like, yeah. dude, that's actually pretty good. Could the movie that's be that? Bad. <laughs> the, if they had kept it that way, it might have worked. Yeah. It's like, I don't and, know who the people were who yeah. made the opening credit cartoon, but it was actually pretty fun. Um, By was, the way, did you recognize who, who Mr. Kwame was? I didn't. I knew it from the credits, so yeah. I wouldn't have recognized him otherwise. Mr. Kwame is one bad mother. Shut your mouth! I'm just talking about Kwame. <laughs> Richard Roundtree. Yeah, Richard Roundtree. Friggin' Shaft is in this. Yeah, and I don't know why because look, Richard Roundtree. Okay, no, he's not a Shakespearean actor, but he's got this great presence. He's got real charisma, and he's completely wasted in this. Well, they allow him to sit down. Yeah. <laughs> He sits down and he looks disgusted a lot. That's basically it. My I, one of my earliest notes, and this is really for the first part of the film, which is stupid. Uh, oh, oh, did I say that? I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> um, it's the you know, well, it, it, it's a sort of a twist. So in this case, uh, Ursula is a explorer wannabe, and her fiance who's not a character from the show is this overly rich, pretentious, annoying twerp who's trying to basically get her out of there as quickly as he can so he can marry her. Um, and then they have these supposedly Swahili guides and carriers and stuff. And the whole opening of the film with them traipsing through the quote unquote jungle just feels really racist. Yeah. Although it's part of it is Lyle is being the classic ugly American. Yeah. But yes, a lot of it is the jokes of, oh, ha, ha, these guys actually speak English. Big joke. Or they uh, know what magic picture box is. Or That reminded me a little too much of the Hakawi on F Troop. Uh, <laughs> oh, you mean Native Americans one of them is going, by ah, Jewish guys? Yeah. Magic TikTok. And he's yeah. holding him a watch and the chief takes out a better one. But it's just like the only black characters in this film are Richard Roundtree sitting down looking disgusted with the fact that he's in this film. And the other... I don't know. The three porters who don't have names. Who don't have names, and they're only there to be jokes. Yeah. And 
yeah, you could sit there and go, well, yeah, but they're proving that they're smarter than the white guy. Yeah, but you could tell this is all written by a white guy, and it's just... It's it's uncomfortable. Yeah. But there's some... We'll get to this later, but Ursula's mom has a line that really doesn't work. Which one? It, it, has one, it just really hasn't aged. But, uh, so, oh. now i got to say, Brendan Fraser really throws himself into this. He really gets it. He, and, uh, <laughs> yes? Go, please, go, go ahead. <laughs> I shouldn't have signed. He's really, tr- he's really trying as George. He's, uh, and he really got himself in good shape for it. Mm. Uh, Brendan. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, yes. My lunch was just uh, delivered. Sorry. Uh, a fr- yes, a, a lady friend of mine was watching the movie, and once, he st- once George puts on a shirt, She's like, well, they just lost me, pretty much. <laughs> he said, I don't know why they're doing that. That's the best part of the movie. <laughs> uh, it was enjoyable. If you're interested yeah. in that sort of thing, sure. <laughs> and he, they really do try. You can tell they're trying, admittedly, kind of randomly, to make this like a cartoon with the sound effects. And they've got the J. Ward-esque narrator yeah. who is trying... Yeah, and it is at times almost funny, but it made me miss. This really made me miss the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie, which, if I remember correctly, we decided was surprisingly funny. It actually is. It wasn't. It's not great, but there are parts of it, and the characterizations, Boris and Natasha in that are better than anything in this movie. Yeah, I mean, in a way, they they. I will get to this. They perfectly captured the effect of the cartoon. <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm going to disagree with Brendan Fraser. I, I agree uh, he's putting himself into it, but I don't think even for this honestly terrible script that his acting is really working. Um, uh, and I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily his fault because I thought the voice actor for George didn't work either. Like, you know, oh, George, oh, no, we'll have this sort of, you know, squeaky nasal voice for George, which is not what you'd expect. No, and it doesn't really work. Oh, George, king of jungle here to help. I mean, it's worse than that, I think. But I, he kept, he keeps grinning at the camera after he says his lines. And it just, Mm. mm. the one thing I will give him huge credit for is working with all of those animals must have been a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch, and not just, these aren't all, most of them aren't CG. I mean, there's a bunch of guys in ape suits. Yeah. But he's also dealing with, you know, monkeys and toucans, and they have to actually sit on him at points. Yeah. And it, this is a, re, it's very hard to work with animals. Yeah. Um, so I'll give him credit for that. I will, as far as the acting go in general, yeah. Um, yeah. Richard Roundtree sits very well. And, there are some good people in this. Thomas Hayden Church is a very good actor. He's unfortunately really good at playing jerks. He, he, I'm not even going to give and, him credit for that here, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah he doesn't... He, the, it, he really phones it in. Yeah. Most of the people do, I think. Leslie Mann, who I, I don't know from a lot of stuff, you would know her if you saw her. She's usually the the funny friend or she's in a lot of things like the 40 year old virgin yeah or like will farrell uh, comedies she can be very funny they don't let her be funny in this she's supposed to be more or less the straight man yeah as it were yeah 
Um, so she doesn't really get to do it. And John frigging Cleese is in this. Well, part of it. Well, him. his voice is in it. His voice, uh, clearly he's not, he, we know, I can tell you from the credits, he's not in the ape suit. And if he was smart, he never left Britain. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming he just was in a, and you can, it sounds like he was just in a sound booth somewhere and never met the actors. Well, what's funny uh, is that the original ape, that's the ape character's name is, ape, ape did is. have an actor, it was Paul Fries trying to do an impression of somebody. I think he yeah. was trying to do James Mason, which was... No, it was Ronald Coleman. Oh, okay. It sounded a Is little it? like James Mason, which... It did. It was, it was funny. a similar accent. <laughs> Anytime, yeah, because pretty much anyone doing an impersonation of James Mason in anything is just funny, because James Mason... James Mason as Mo Howard in The Three Stooges. <laughs> Larry, um, Curly, I'm afraid I'm going to have to strike you both in the eyes quite hard. <laughs> I wish I could do James Mason. Um, <laughs> I didn't think Cleese even worked here. Um, for one thing, it's no, the, he, the script is terrible. The script is just awful. But I can, yeah. I, you know, there's no energy from him. He's not on the sets. So we never met any of these people, which I think does matter. I think actually meeting and working with your fellow actors makes a difference. And I don't blame him for not doing so. Mm. But even for John Cleese, it's like sometimes John Cleese can deliver poop, which they will do in this film, and yeah, give you a, a gold nugget. Um, his, see his appearance on Cheers. If you thought Cheers was funny in general, watch the episode with John Cleese because that episode is funny. And you suddenly he realize... He elevates it to genius, oh. but he also does a lot of crap. Yeah. As he has said, he, he described himself on David Letterman, oh yes, I'm a whole. Yeah. He he does. He does. He used to. There was a period he would do anything. Yeah. He would take any job, and he ended up in a lot of bad movies. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to anything. Oops, yeah. I'm giving it away. Yeah. yeah. I hope they paid him a lot. Um, one of my earliest notes is why is this live action? Yeah, uh, this was a thing. Two years later, they do Dudley Do Right as live action. Uh, hasn't answered my question. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's no reason for this to be live action. It does all the energy. What there was of it is taken out of it. All of the impossible effects they now have to do with fairly early CG and stuffed animals <laughs> and such. Yeah, the elephant really looks very uncanny valley. It's, uh, it's very weird. It's not good. No. Um, yeah, and the pro the worst part is less than halfway through the movie they leave the jungle and move the movie to San Francisco, and that just kind of kills it. Yeah. They're trying to do some of the fish out of water thing, but they don't they don't commit to that because no. George adapts way too easily to things like, you know, clothes. Yeah. And, and you know, dealing with cars and such. It's just like, oh, how about that? Yeah. It's he actually ends up looking like a model for um romance novels. And yeah. I gotta say. He looks pretty damn good at it too. Like, yeah. yes, fully clothing him in this case was a mistake. I agree with your <laughs> your friend there, um, because he obviously did a lot of work to get that way. But uh, he doesn't really look like it. I think he's supposed to look like a jungle man in nice clothes, and instead he just looks like a really nice looking guy in nice clothes. Yeah, so it's like where did he get all that moose and hair product in the jungle? Never mind a comb. Um hmm. or a razor. I also think too that it felt very much like instead of it being an actual 
plot point or there was a reason for it in the story, I literally think someone said, uh, we're out of money. We got to go. Uh, we got to go back to, to, to the city. We can film there much cheaper than Hawaii. Let's just go. And so yeah. they do. The other problem is they keep having these subplots. Mm. There is a subplot with Lyle who gets arrested in Africa for shooting George. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, ends up joining a cult or mercenaries or something. It's not clear. Yeah. There's a subplot where two poachers... Which is a nod to the cartoon because there are uh, there's always poachers in the cartoon George in the Jungle who are going after Ape because they discover he can talk. Yeah, which really kind of messes up the joke a bit. Uh, those two characters just don't work at all. I don't know why they're there. They don't yeah. add anything. They're not nope. particularly well done, uh, or well done at all, really. And it. There's even one scene where they capture Ape. Oh, dear. Um, did you care? Because I didn't. No, there was also no sense of strain. There was no sense of tension. No, because... It, even because the, even the narrator tells us this is the sort of movie where nobody dies. They just get big boo-boos. Yeah, and then the next thing we know, literally he's captured. He says something. I don't remember exactly how, but he says something to a monkey. And then the next thing we have is we have Ninja Gorillas. And the plot yeah. complication is just gone. Like, they, yeah. you see gorillas with headbands, and, and I'm going to say it this way on purpose, nunchucks, and then the bad <laughs> guys are basically taken care of, and then that's it. It's like, yeah. oh, well, okay. So this little extra plot we didn't want and didn't like is now instantly gone. Well, It's also the tukey-tukey bird flies from the heart of Africa to San Francisco in about five minutes. Well, never mind. How does and George they don't get be back? Yep. He, he ships himself via UPS. At oh, least right. there they tried to make a joke of it. The Tookie Tookie bird, they just sort of go, oh, he's there now. It's like, really? You could have done something funny with that, and you did nothing. And how does George know how to use the mail or UPS? I don't know. I uh, don't care. Yeah. Um, but at least we get a really good steamy poop joke, because... <laughs> We had several, also several ape farting jokes. Oh. And elephant peeing jokes. Yeah, my note for that was, uh, is this Freddy Got Fingered too? What's going on with that? Because yeah. it's literally yeah. a fire hose of urine. Ha! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. um, which, of course, you'll remember from the original Jay Ward cartoons. There was lots of pee. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of that. A lot of that. Um, I mean, yeah. make what you will of potty humor to me. Even this is, this is what, 1997? Um it is the laziest way of going for a laugh, honestly. And by saying it's a kid's film, which I'm guessing this was supposed to be. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Although there's some lines that make me think otherwise. Um, by going for poop, that is just the laziest, lamest way of getting a reaction. It's... And this is from somebody who loves a good fart joke. Don't get me wrong. Yep. Oh, he does. <laughs> but I'm just like... And this, you know, this is, you know, over... 20 years ago um just no if you see a film that's relying on that it's because they're lazy and if somebody wants to dispute me on that they can and including you discover magazine <laughs> <laughs> hey we had a cameo uh, in here oh yeah who that's the actual mayor of san francisco <laughs> oh i wondered about that yeah. i wondered okay i just don't know why um, uh yeah. So you mentioned a while back, because we're also going to have to get to our questions. Yeah. There was a line that you said did not uh, uh, oh, age well. Oh, it doesn't well. age well. So what, what line Ursula, did you find that you didn't think Okay. Of? First off, Ursula in this 
is an heiress. She's like you know super rich, and her parents are super snooty and super white. Yeah. And uh, the mother, who is played by the awesome, this is another waste, the awesome Holland Taylor, who is terrific. Hey, oh, she plays. She's great at playing well, snooty white women. And she she is does not like George. She wants her daughter to marry Lyle. That's a big plot point because he's got he's got a van in his name, and he's probably assumed very rich. And she's trying to convince George to leave. And she says, I mean, in the jungle, you know, zebras marry zebras and leopards marry leopards. It's like, oh, God, that's what the segregationists used to use. So the, ah, you do not see in nature, you do not see bluebirds flying with blackbirds or blackbirds flying with bluebirds. Ugh. Like, ah, ah. Yeah. God. <laughs> That um, yikes! Very tone deaf. Yeah, I had a number of other lines that got to me that were just like, "What?" One of them, when George is being told by Ape what a woman is, actually says, "George having stirring of special feeling right now." <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> we only see George from the waist up, because yeah. I have a feeling that his stirring would have sent this into at least PG thirteen, if not R rated. Yeah. There are a few too many scenes of him staring at Ursula while she's asleep that just makes it kind of creepy. Yeah, um, when Ursula gets back and her mother is asking her about her health, do you have a fever, do you have this? The mother actually says, what about your ha-ha? <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, I think she's actually talking about her gastric issues. Um, no, I don't think that's no? what she's talking about at all. And then the last one, which is said by the father of uh, of what her whatever her name is, I don't care, Ursula. Um, when the mother is trying to make her last bid of of making sure that this wedding to George or this feelings for George doesn't go through, and runs off in a tizzy, literally just says, "God, that woman's a pain in the ass." <laughs> it's like what a blunt, flat, attempted humor this late in this mm. already blunt flat film <laughs> um but yeah that's one of the problem the other problems is this movie feels it has to point the jokes out to you now jay ward used to do that in rocky and bullwinkle and such such but he did it much more subtly i mean he actually has a character look at the camera and say ah the bad guy has fallen in poop classic physical comedy joke now we all throw our heads back and laugh yeah like, wow, way to stomp that joke into the ground. Yeah. It wasn't that funny to begin with, and it was dead on arrival, and you dug it up and desecrated the corpse. Yeah. I mean, when Boris wow. Badenoff used to threaten the narrator, it was funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, or, or when the narrator would be showing the lines on the screen on the map, and Boris would read them <laughs> and follow them. <laughs> But hey, you can't do that. Ah, try and stopping me. <laughs> that was funny. And here's the thing. They are trying. It's like the person who wrote the script or people or whatever don't actually understand humor. They can well, see. I think they, un I don't know about that, but yeah, go ahead. Well, as you said, they can see like with the narrator. Oh, when there's by play with the narrator and he's pointing out the tropes we're actually using in our film. That's funny. But it's literally as if he just transcribed what I just said. It's not funny that way. You're not giving it any style. It's it's like someone who watched Jay Ward, not just these, but other Jay Ward cartoons, and just didn't think they were funny. Or they did, but all. they themselves aren't. Yeah. Because I just, I, I don't, 
And here's the other thing, too. I guess, as I said, I guess this is a kid's film. That's the only way I could see it would go Yeah, yeah. It has to be, I honestly think that some of this would probably appeal to little kids. Seeing him bump into trees... Unfortunately, the poop jokes and the the pee jokes. You know, there's some of it I could see probably was very funny to kids, but they also tried to do that also funny to adults thing, and they do it so badly that it's just, it's painful. Yeah. I mean, they're trying, at, at one point, George is like trying to get romantic with Ursula in the jungle, and they're playing this weird music mix of Barry White... And uh, uh, Mr. Lover and a couple of others, and it they're singing the lyrics in Swahili, and it just doesn't work. No. Well, and you could see why on paper it might have, but somehow the execution just doesn't. Well, then we get that hit single in the middle of the film, which is the most Disney thing about this film, and it's this. I don't know what. Whatever. There's this weird song right in the middle of the stupid film and we they play it at the end and it's got a little hint of the george theme in it too but Uh it's this love song montage thing that's just like okay this is do love to this has nothing to do with the original cartoon and it doesn't work yeah and they keep trying to reprise the george of the jungle theme in the background music and it just feels very shoehorned in yeah um I will also say that the addition, the unwanted addition of a love story makes no sense. It just, I know that that's what they hinge the plot on, but that didn't exist in the original cartoon. George seems to have never figured out what a mate actually is, which is fine because oh, it's a cartoon. He does call her, he calls her his mate. Yes, but, but the yeah, gorilla she, has he, to tell him, it's like, you know, Ursula. It's like, oh, the guy who doesn't shave. Like, that, yeah. that's what mate means to him. There's no, like attempt at their, even a hint at sex or anything, which is, again, fine, because it's a kid's cartoon. But they just make this about a love story, and it's like, it's, that's not what this is about, it, and it doesn't work. It's like, oh, let's have a love story and put on a George of the Jungle coat. Like, that's kind of what they did. Um, yeah. But uh, we have our questions. Yeah, let's get to those. So, does this movie capture the feeling of its source material? No. You know what? I, I'd have to say no. Even uh, the source material is not very good, but I don't, I don't think it captures it. I think it, it does. It doesn't have the absurdity of it. I think it does once in the opening credits. Uh, now, in the oh, funny in thing the actual is, cartoon. Yeah, visually, mm-hmm. they don't look anything like the cartoons for George of the Jungle, but the frenetic energy, the fun, the bounciness, yeah. they're okay. in the credits. <laughs> I can see. Okay, I can see that. Um, and they try. I think a couple of points they try, the swinging and some of the physical humor, but no, I don't think it does. Does this movie respect its source material? Oh, God, no. No. I don't think it was, I think it barely acknowledges the source material. It knows the theme song and it knows the basic idea. Well, but it rewrote that too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to agree. I think that. In that group of writers, we you said there was at least four. We only know two of them. Maybe, and it was Joel yeah. who did this or tried to. There's an attempt to use Jay Ward-style humor. Sadly, the same way that Jay Ward tried to do it in the original cartoon. Yeah. And it just doesn't work. Um, I, it's just not well done. So I think there's attempts to respect it, but they just didn't understand it. Or something went drastically wrong. Or honestly, Suits. Does this movie take advantage of the fact that it's a movie and not just an episode? Okay, there I would have to say yes. 
because we have multiple locations, a much larger scale, a budget, such as it is. I, I think so. I think it's trying to be a movie. The problem is it's trying to be a movie that has nothing to do with the TV show. Well, And it's not trying to be a good movie. Uh, maybe it's trying to be a good movie, but we can't tell. Oops. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The other problem is that you're trying to adapt into an hour and a half something that was originally six minutes long. That's it. Six minutes. Yep. That's a lot of stretching, padding, and inflating. Seriously is. I mean, with Rocky and Bullwinkle... You had multiple episode arcs. Right. You had stories that went on quite a while. It wasn't as hard. The, the idea could you could use that kind of a narrative as a movie. George of the Jungle, everything was standalone. And like you say, Mike, it was six minutes long. Yeah. It's, that's a, no. it's a lot of stretching to yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, I went through pretty much all my notes. How about you? I got to say, I just cringed in the last shot where they're doing the Lion King parody. Uh, hold, oh god he's holding up his son to the animals like oh come on yeah uh can this you, is you, out of Max, nowhere could i have you redo that again as grunkle oh Stan? excuse me sure oh come on thank you <laughs> you're welcome well shout out to gravity falls folks yeah uh and how about the little tag thing with the uh, ape in vegas um I, yeah apparently one of the, they, they took a little throwaway joke, the idea that the poachers want the talking ape, they're going to take him to Vegas and set up as, as an act. And that's what happens. He goes to Vegas and is doing is on stage singing My Way with Showgirls. Which immediately made me think of Showgirls. <laughs> yeah, oh, Lord. <laughs> now, wait. How much better would that movie have been if there had been an animatronic ape in it? Hmm. You mean if Nomi had been played by a monkey? Yeah. <laughs> Or well, I... she kind of was. I'm sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm sure Elizabeth Berkeley is a perfectly nice person. I... Um. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it for my notes. We should get <laughs> to the wrap-up. So that's so, all I got. So people yeah, can find it's... out what we thought of this. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, this will be such a surprise. The Roundup. So, Max. Yeah. <laughs> had you seen George of the Jungle when it came out? No, I saw it, in, uh, I saw it on VHS, I think, not I, that long after it came out. Why? Uh, <laughs> I was at a friend's house. They had rented it. Um, I'm going to go with why. <laughs> I thought it, I, I had vague memories of enjoying the cartoon. Okay. I thought, hey, this could be funny. You know, and? hey, it's Disney and, you know, it's George of the Jungle and I love the theme song. And? I remember what, and I remember thinking, oh, this is harmless. And then I forgot most of it. <laughs> and I apparently really forgot most of it before when I thought about watching it again, because I thought, oh, I think I remember that being kind of dumb but fun. I got half that right. <laughs> uh, should I ask you? And it was the now? wrong. It was the wrong half. <laughs> the back end, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What about you? Did you see this when it came out? Had you ever seen this? No. Uh, no. no abs or no abs? Uh, I had not <laughs> seen this. Um, it's um, so this is a film where every bit of the machinery of Hollywood is visible and right on the screen. You can smell mm. the committee meetings. You can yeah. smell the focus groups. You yep. can smell the too many hands on the script. You can f just you can tell where the pacings is. And it's unfortunately, it's more like it gives you something to count down till you get to the end of the film. Um, it's just, you can feel all of, this is a suit film. 
this is a film made by suits. I'm sorry yeah. to whoever originally wrote it. And maybe it was somebody who was frustrated because they originally wrote something really fun. And this is what we got. But this is a film that everything about it feels this is how Hollywood love to make films and wants people to accept them. Yeah. Um, none of it made me laugh. Not even in a childlike bit of glee, ha ha, fart joke. Not just, it was just, they made fart jokes unfunny, which is not easy to do for me because That's I will a challenge. I sometimes laugh just when I do it myself, which is the saddest <laughs> thing ever, but it's true. Uh, I don't, I didn't feel any of the Jay Wardiness except in the narration and points of it approached that they almost it came their close mark. it got so close but it did not make it no and it's like you know the idea of pointing out the tropes you're about to reuse or mishandle can be funny just not here what amazes me is how many people went to see this film it's amazing this thing was so successful yeah i just could, the only thing i could think of was what there's like there were no other kids films that summer and that happens sometimes that it's happens like, you know a pixar film gets pushed back or a disney film is is you know it has to go through more development and it's like well we have this and that's what this feels like well we have this that's this is the the apocryphal this so yeah, not uh, no, not my favorite no, of the films we've watched so far. Did not work. But um, hey, Max, would you do us a favor? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks. So the <laughs> yes, I will. Then now we've established that. Yes, let us. I shall reiterate the poll question for next week, which is: What fictional cinematic character would you most like to have a conversation with, say over lunch or drinks? And you can answer this question either by going to our website. MaxMikeMovies.com and leaving a comment. You can email us directly for double the bumpy bucks at us at MaxMikeMovies.com. Double. You can also you can also twaddle us on Twaddler or whatever it's called, or book us faces on the booking face thing. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> booking face. Okay. Please don't twaddle also us. Under, don't do twaddle us. No. We love being twaddled. <laughs> makes me feel like uh, under Max Mike Movies. And, of course, you can listen to us on your favorite podcast app or even the podcast app you loathe and despise from the depths of your being. Mm. But next week, there'll be a whole other movie because there are other movies. That's the one thing that keeps me going through this movie. <laughs> the knowledge that someday there will be another one. And what's what that movie, Max? Hmm? What's that movie? Oh, well, it's, hey! <laughs> it's your yeah, turn you to forgot choose. to ask you me, didn't you? <laughs> It's your turn. It's, nope, I was just waiting. So it's your turn to choose, you load. What do no, you got? You usually ask me before the show, but that's fine. So you have no... no because you, you don't... Yes, because I've learned you don't tell me. <laughs> I do. I too. want it to be a surprise. I want it to be a surprise. No, so there's I thought I'd let you have that. <laughs> there was just that week where I literally could not decide. And thankfully for our audience, I edited that part out at the end where I was like, er, er, mm, uh, er, ha. Oh, yeah, the next week. Yeah. So we're continuing with the 60s, which oh. is quite honestly a really interesting time for TV. There was a lot of chances taken and a really wide variety of genres depicted on the tiny screen. Now, we're seeing that now, but it's basically because now anybody can have a TV channel. I know <laughs> I have one. Yes, nobody, he does. Nobody watches the movie it. Rich. Check yeah. it out on, on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and it's a show that actually I've never watched. And even though there's enough episodes for it to have been in syndication, for some reason, at least for me growing up, I never remember seeing it on our local UHS station. But I did see the adapted, made-for-big-screen-love-you <laughs> version that came out a few years ago. And so uh, I'd like to revisit 
a certain man, if you will, just a certain man. He comes from a certain place. He comes from uncle. And if you too oh. would like to know what uncle stands for, you can join us next week where we will make something up, mangle it, or otherwise misquote the meaning of uncle. Warning, spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. <laughs>